Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have a conversation with Naranjan Maka, CEO of SmartHub.ai, a Bay Area, California-based IoT edge company that was spun out from VMware. He held worldwide leadership positions at companies like VMware, RSA Security, and other enterprise technology companies. He is passionate about all things at the edge, from management to securing the data and devices. And in this episode, we discuss why the edge is exploding, the role of automation, and how to keep your edge devices secure. So let's get right into this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Naranjan. How are you today? Doing good, Demetrius. Thank you for uh, having me on the podcast. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Why don't you start off just by giving our listeners uh, an update on yourself and also SmartHub? I'm based out of Bay Area. I head SmartHub.ai. We are a spinoff from VMware. We are all focused on edge and all things at the edge. I have held uh, positions in, uh, in companies like VMware, heading their global R&D worldwide as well as RSA security. And again, I'm from the infrastructure background. So passionate about all things at the edge. SmartUp.ai itself is focused on bringing deep AI ML-powered management and monitoring to all the devices that we see in our lives today, right? These could be like smart spaces or offices, uh, factory spaces, retail, and so on. So today, today, most of us experience the edge where the physical meets the digital. That's what we work on. Awesome. So you, you mentioned artificial intelligence, uh, AI and ML, and that's obviously a, a very hot topic nowadays, not from Elon Musk and his theories on, on AI and robots taking over the world and all of that good stuff, but <laughs> more from the perspective of automating and actually having the intelligence to to do things that Humans, mm-hmm. it would be menial, right? And take us a long time to even try to do something like that. But you're talking edge devices and IoT and all of those different types of things. So how do you, how do you view artificial intelligence being used in, in today's technologies? What what's your perspective on artificial intelligence overall? I look at uh, AI playing a huge role in our lives, why? You look at the look at the massive explosion in number of devices and sensors in our lives, whether it's workplace or retail or even our cars actually. I mean, these are all significant, what we call data generators, data generators. Now, if you ask where are these devices being used and what can one do with all the data? It's but common sense to arrive at the conclusion, it's humanly impossible to consume leave alone making decisions based on the zettabytes of data that's being generated today. And there are some areas that one should be using AI ML or what we see, where is AI ML being used at the edge, you know, to see patterns in the data itself, patterns in the data, right? 
how the devices are behaving and why do they fail, when do they fail and so on. More importantly, Dimitrius, you know, where, we, where I see, where we see in smartup.ai, right, are how can actions be taken at a machine-to-machine -machine level without human intervention? Same when there is a safety issue. Awesome. And obviously, we, I, I think I just saw that as far as COVID is concerned, that traveling back into the U.S., you no longer need a, a COVID test, which is which is a good thing. Um, maybe it's a good thing or maybe it's not because I'm still hearing quite a few people that I know are still coming down with COVID. So a lot has changed from that perspective. But how is is COVID still affecting or has affected? You know, what are you seeing just from an overall perspective around like COVID, is that having an effect on infrastructure and how infrastructure is being deployed, especially from IoT devices? Yes, that's a very interesting question, given that we are living during these very interesting times. And what we do, right, we are looking at paces where people are expected to get back to work and so on. Now, in multiple ways, there's a proliferation of devices, especially those that can make many of our transactions contactless, you know, from door openers to automatic detectors of presence of people, what are we supposed to keep on, off, right? Companies are working on getting back people to work. You know, there is an uh, aspirational aspect to entice, to make it attractive for people to come back to work to a more cooler workplace. We read this as introducing more technology in our environment. However, because of the same reasons, because of pandemic, post-pandemic reality, budgets are not what they used to be. Budgets are tightening. Operational teams are shrinking. And with this increasing number of devices, the complexity has been going up. And add to, the, add to that irritants such as, you know what, there's a new threat to all those devices. How do I secure, patch them without having to get into a workplace? Can I do all these remotely? These are the challenges that people are telling us day in, day out. Yeah, and, and some of those challenges as well just make, makes me think about, you know, AI and ML, but also infrastructure automation. Absolutely. You know, what, what do you think is, is the role of infrastructure automation since it kind of goes hand in hand with AI and ML? Yep. And uh, we have reached very, we are, we are reaching, and I don't see the end anytime soon, for mm -hmm. unprecedented levels of infrastructure automation, right? With uh, so many devices, right, to eliminate human intervention, derive inf insights from the infrastructure that's been deployed at the edge. Mind you, the edge is where you and I live and meet the digital environment. So how can we derive automated derivative actions based on all the tons of data and what the devices are reading from the environment say as an example if say you are part of a team right operational team managing conference rooms across the world and you have to keep them up and running for your internal customer satisfaction what do you do you have to check if everything's working and something is not working you have to do a few things if you're a human technician right now think of all the things that a technician or a team of technicians would do and then automate them. Now count the productivity, user satisfaction, and operator satisfaction. That's where infrastructure automation is heading. Okay, great insight. Also, just from a, a global view, just, you know, we're supposedly in the great resignation, and there has been a few spinoffs mm -hmm. from, that, from that name. A lot of people are switching jobs, changing jobs, especially in, in IT. <laughs> But what advice do you have for, let's say, a, a CTO or a CIO right now as it pertains to protecting their data overall? 
coming from India, right? Maybe I should uh, leverage some Eastern philosophy. Okay. Right. Yeah. First, become aware. First, become aware. Right is uh, is a mantra, especially when you have a lot of complexity. Right, uh, especially at the edge, get visibility to all of your assets at the edge. Those especially that touch your customers. I mean, these customers could be internal or external, Demetrius. Right. Then you have to go deeper into the impact of those edge components being up, maintaining them, predicting their performance, etc. Right. So that's a starting point. A byproduct of such an infrastructure would be, right? How do you handle the data flowing from the edge? What part of it is critical to your business? Keep of keeping your business ha- sorry customers happy. From a compliance regulatory point of view, vulnerability to hacking and so on. Right. So there are so many issues here. First, becoming aware, right, of what you have outside of your classic data center at the edge, right. That's key. And of course, you have the backend issues like uh, backing up the data, and then you have many of those devices. I should be backing up the configurations. How do I bring it back to what it use, what it should be, etc. This is what I would say is essential. This is my advice to CIOs. I like that. First, become aware. It's uh, uh, yeah, that's it, it, <laughs> yeah. It has a ring to it, and it it just it makes me want to go take a um, a five minute um, meditation break <laughs> in the middle of this podcast. But I, I won't do that. I'll I'll keep recording with you here. Mm-hmm. And as far as I guess software as a service and SaaS, we're we're rolling into what the fourth industrial revolution where um, the digital transformation. I, uh, that's a buzzword that I hate using, but it still seems spot on to me. But I, I want to get your perspective, uh, Naranjan, about just the view and the rise of of SaaS products and SaaS software as a service. Is that a great first move for organizations that are going to the cloud? Absolutely. You know, I come from a very traditional world, classic databases, classic client-server architectures, servers i had to requisition and get it up and running machines that's where uh, my former company vmware did a created a revolution by virtualizing by creating an abstraction on top of all the classic physical machines that's how a vm was born that's how services in, a, in vms were born right the microservices i love SaaS, especially when you are handling dealing with complexity the ease of actually bringing up all this infrastructure consuming functions as a service is a revolution, I would say. Now look at the edge. How does it apply to the edge? You know, as the edge gets more and more complex, right, you have to look at simplifying a few of these complex moving parts. You know, the management and control plane, right, these can exist and be consumed or should be should be available as a easily, easily consumable form, right, easily deployable. That's where SaaS for the edge makes a lot of, cha- a lot of uh, things easier. Right. Again, the challenge is in what platform do you pick? And I would say, like, you know, pick something that is built in the last few years with a modern architecture, right? Microservice then becomes so much easier to deploy, right? Some of these as a SaaS service to manage your edge, which is always closer to where you are, closer on premises. So that's what I would recommend. Big thumbs up to SaaS. Let's talk about security because you, you, almost cannot have a conversation about any type of technology nowadays without having a conversation about things like ransomware and malware and all of the different security uh, 
aspects of just keeping data secure overall. How do you view, uh, I guess, some of the new security risks that are out there, like ransomware? And also, do you think that this changes how customers should be thinking about the disaster recovery? You know, uh, very, very topical again. There are a few reasons why security keeps popping up in the modern world. Obviously, there are so many endpoints that technically can be hacked into. In fact, I was at RSA conference last week, and there are so many. The good news is there are many, many, many tools that are available for us to detect what's going on, patterns, and so on. Now, you, you, you mentioned disaster recovery, right? Disaster recovery has always been about, you know, your enterprises, tolerance for loss due to like something goes down due to downtimes, right? How much time, how much, what are you willing to spend to bring the infrastructure services back up and running? In fact, uh, some of our customers we work with, right? There are resiliency teams, right? That are working on these, these kind of things around the clock, right? And from their point of view, edge is a critical part of this resiliency planning. Why? Because edge by definition is outside of the data center. It touches all of us. Hence, a loss there is a huge loss. How quickly can you bring it up? That's the whole story of disaster recovery. Yeah, how quickly can you can you bring it up? And in, in my world, recovery time objectives, RTOs, and recovery point objectives, uh, RPOs, is the, is the name of the game and making sure that you work toward those aspects of resilience and business continuity. Uh, I, I also want to get your your opinion on just overall from from an enterprise operational perspective. And we're talking security here. So what about like CISOs, chief information security officers? What should they be worried about, especially now since we're in this exploding edge technology paradigm? Good question, because uh, we speak to many, many, many CISOs. CISOs who are running manufacturing plants, right, or responsible for security in manufacturing operations. CISOs who are responsible for retail chains, right, worldwide retail, or it could be like high-tech uh, buildings or facilities, right. Now, what's 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 worrying them a lot is the sheer complexity and heterogeneity. They say that's what is killing the edge operations because because there are too many of those kind of devices, too many device types, too many protocols, right? However, they also accept that that will be reality forever because those technologies will continue to improve, change, grow, morph. Yes, there's some standardization happening, but, uh, but if you listen to CISOs and their customers, they say, yes, standardization is happening, but you can't wait for a decade for a standard to come in, <laughs> say, say, like LiDAR devices. LiDAR devices are cool, right? So you have to start using what is available. In fact, many of the vendors would have taken existing standards, changed it, enhanced it to make it work. So you have to start using what's available. So the only, uh, what, what we hear from CISOs is we have to pick platforms that are solving such problems today and how flexible are these platforms to address or be receptive or be agile to such changes. Okay, and I, I also read an article on cybersecurity professionals are now quitting because, because of things like ransomware, and I think it's just getting too stressful. It's already a shortage of, of security professionals that are out there, and just reading that article really 
really hit home with me, and especially since mental health is is very important as well. But I want to get your perspective, though. You know, we know the edge is exploding, and maybe we've heard that term for a while now, for the last five or plus years. But why is the edge exploding now, Naranjan? Yes, you only have to look around, Demetrius, and see how how many devices, how much compute has come into our lives. I mean, it could be homes, right? Look at our refrigerators, highly wired, right? Because there's a huge effort to make the physical and digital interfaces work better for us humans. Ironical, right? It's supposed to work better for us, but at the same time, it's made life so much more complex. We've got to go back again and make it simple again, right? So the cost of compute and chips is at the lowest ever. And as I explained, earlier. In the post-pandemic world, compute and technology at this interface edge is growing exponentially. In terms of sheer numbers, in terms of kinds of technology itself, for example, LiDAR sensor sensing is becoming mainstream. Your EV charging station is becoming ubiquitous. They're becoming smarter and smarter. Or even your lighting in the office, your coffee machines are all becoming responsive. You know, that's the key thing. They're becoming responsive. Now, to manage them, right, to manage them, do we throw more humans at it or do we actually leverage some good infrastructure automation? We should be doing the latter. So in fact, just as an example, Dimitris, when we look at, you know, that average innocuous looking camera staring at you, a surveillance camera, it's actually almost a mini laptop today. Thousands of knobs and settings. Now, if you had a, hundred, if you had a thousand cameras, you're staring at a few million knobs. Now, if you're a surveillance, physical uh, secu- physical security, technology ops team, you're staring at a few million knobs. Now, where do you start? How do you control? What are the right settings? This is the explosion that, that sorry, it was a long answer, but that's what is exploding. The edge is exploding. Yeah. It, it, it's okay. A, a long answer is good as long as that answer <laughs> is a good answer. So I, I say it is a good answer. So mm-hmm. as far as just you know, overall, there's a there's a ton of data that, that we're backing up. The data is getting, it's growing. Everything is growing now. What are some of the risks of not protecting your data or making sure that you can at least recover from data loss or some type of uh, data loss event? Yeah, great question. Uh, because in today's world, all business leaders, not just CISOs or CIOs, right? They are becoming more and more risk conscious. I mean, we saw the pandemic, we are seeing the Ukrainian war, we are seeing the hacking, right? And the, and, and the word I keep hearing, the term I keep hearing is, right, we should all be thinking resiliency, right? What steps are we taking to protect ourselves against extended downtimes, especially in the new data sensitive world? Well, you said it, right? Where data is a new oil and oil is scarce, expensive and attracts thieves. <laughs> We we better think of advanced ways to protect our data. So now, if all of our data generators were in a centralized facility, no-brainer, right? Say if it's in a data center or cloud or something, you're fine, mostly fine. But by definition, all uh, our edge experience is being delivered in the real world. That is, right? We read the environment, monitor, react, then modify that edge experience, deliver a new edge, edge experience. No, so the data is being created, generated, and forwarded from the edge. Think about it, right? All these millions of devices, right? They're outside the data center. They're capturing a lot of 
details, sending all the data, right? And this data is being sent to the backend. It's being digested, and then actions being sent back to the edge. Now, if you look at, if you trace this entire data from edge devices all the way to the backend, learning and then actions back, there are many, 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 many weak links here. If something gets compromised, the whole system can come down. Your, your business delivery can come down. So you have to know the drill to bring it all back to a prior good state. So to your question, right, what should we be backing up? How do you recover quickly? There are many aspects here, right? For example, your data about the data that is valuable to the business itself. Then there is a settings, right? If something goes down, can I quickly bring it up with a prior to a prior setting, right? These are the things, these are the issues that, that business leaders are worrying about right as it pertains to the data at the edge yeah that's very insightful you mentioned like smart coffee machines and like literally everything nowadays can be a smart device with an ip address a mac address and you can log into it and, and see all the different settings and it's it's really cool but it's crazy and it's scary all at the same time the coffee machine that's smart the smart coffee machine can it detect that you're walking towards it and then get ready to churn out that coffee that you always drink, right? That's where we are moving towards, how to recognize, how to provision something for you based on what you've been doing in the past. We are, we'll get there, but there are issues coming up. Yeah, and it reminds me of the, what is it, W World Economic Forum, uh -huh. Klaus Schwab and what they're doing there. It's interesting and scary stuff that they're doing just overall from a there are a lot of standards and regulations out there financial services and industries have to comply with things like pci dss and you have sarbanes oxley or sox and section 17-a and healthcare is hipaa you have gdpr you have ccpa and the list goes on right naranjan how does compliance and regulations affect the ability to analyze and manage data effectively from your view? Huge, actually. So you listed all the regulations that are out there that uh, enterprises have to comply with. And again, there are regulations around data that's deemed personal and confidential. A couple of them, for example, GDPR.eu and CCPA from California are very strict around Actually, it holds for HIPAA and financial services as well. You know, these regulations are strict around what you're allowed to collect, how you ought to be storing it, how are you transporting it, for what purposes can a data be used, and the right that the owner of this data can exercise. You know, what can they demand? Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I cease to be your customer. Please purge all my data. A simple expression of intent. How does that translate? to the data when it's being captured by devices, right? And it's stored all the way at the back end in databases, then in audit logs and so on. So again, now there are at another level, there are uh, environmental EPA and ESG related regulations that are supposed to be monitoring an environment, right? With your devices and so on. Now, now when should you scream, generate alerts, right? And uh, how real time should the alerts be, okay? especially if human safety is involved. When did the system detect it? And what mechanisms do you have in place to generate those alerts and so on? Finally, for public companies, there is a whole monitoring aspect around critical business risks. 
right? Who got in, your assembly line, is it up or running? What was your response times? Have they been identified, actioned on adequately? All those things are there. And in certain industries, right, uh, energy and oil and gas, they, the, the fines can be huge, actually. So this is a great question. And with growing complexity in the real world, at the edge that is, right, having the right infrastructure to address all the topics we discuss is essential and key to survival, actually. So yes, this is cool. There's a lot of things happening. But we also need to be looking at, uh, you know, what are the regulatory aspects there? How do we be a good business, right? Tracking all the things we should be tracking and then minimizing risk and so on. And maybe one final question for you. Are, are you do you have any cool stories about any of these smart spaces like airports? What what have you seen? Have you seen some cool technology that maybe the Gumbo listeners may not know exists out there already? You know, uh, yes, maybe a story around uh, something that all of us can relate to, right? Uh, we all get into conference rooms, uh, many pieces of equipment. The modern conference room has eight to a dozen pieces of equipment. Right, yeah, yeah. And we get in and we struggle with, is this working? Is that working? Can you hear me now? And all those things, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we work with uh, people who try to deliver a great experience there. Yeah. And they, they, they have asked us, like, hey, can you actually look at all these conference rooms before a meeting begins? Do a sweep, a room sweep, so to speak, right? That's, that's the term. Do a room sweep and then tell us like what's working, what's not working, right? And if something is not working, can you actually reboot the device? And then if it still doesn't work, file a ticket and all that. That's a request. They go further. A couple of customers have also told us, you know what? You guys are in the room. You know what's going on, right? There are meetings that keep happening. But you know what? There's an important meeting coming up at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And this is a general question also. They say like, hey, can you look at the room and say, should the room be cleaned or not? What's the state of the state of the room? So here's where image recognition and a little bit of ML is coming in. Why? Because since we are monitoring the room, right? We're looking at all the components that are working up or down. Can you look at the room? Take a quick look. Are the chairs in order? Are there like cups lying around our table? Can you do a, can you take a quick look and tell us the room has to be clean? Can you send that message to the cleaning crew as well? These are the kind of use cases we're getting. That's pretty cool. I, I like that example. And one final thing before I, I let you go, Naranjan, since you, you are the CEO, so I am sure you are reading something very interesting. What, what are you reading? What's on your, what's on your desk? Well, uh, a little bit of philosophy, right? Okay. okay. Around how do, you, how do you maintain sanity in the current world? At the same time, Right when we look at the incidents like the subway incident that happened, right, the subway shooting, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. one of the CISOs could relate to it, right, because it's sad that it happened. At the same time, the CISO said, like, you know, that is where technology could have caught it, being aware of what those uh, settings were, are they working properly, that would have been good. So, I'm we are trying to look at how do we, since we are there at the edge. What else should we be doing? How can we actually leverage AIML for the edge? How can we keep it as thin as possible? How can we keep it as low latent as possible? For example, I can't be going back all the way to the cloud, right? And come back. Now, in fact, in fact, when you ask what's, what, are, what am I reading, right? It's like 
private cellular networks, right? Private 5G deployment is going. There's going to be a lot of data there. How do I leverage that to solve the kind of problems I spoke about? If I see something, I'm going to do something about it. Like in airports, you see, if you see something, say something. You want to add. If you see something, say something and do something, right? That's the kind of paradigm you want to get to. You want to solve those problems. Awesome. Well, Naranjan, thank you so much for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. It's it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Demetrius. Thank you. Actually, it's a great podcast. Very topical and very relevant to your audience. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.